0: Nice and sit down. I'm just kidding. (laughs) All right. So, tonight we're continuing biblical relationships, and I know, right? Next week we're going to be starting on dating, engagement, and marriage sections. That'll be a ton of fun, not uncomfortable at all, and we'll be loads loads of laughs so that would be great all right so starting off tonight talking about dealing with difficulties in relationships now there are many things that i could have put up here when it comes to dealing with difficulties and dealing with problems when it comes to relationships and with people Um, but i decided to put these four because i feel like within these four on your guys' study sheet that they're going to encompass a lot a lot and there's some other things in here that you can take from and that you can apply to your life How many of you have ever had problems with relationships with people? Okay. All right. Okay. If your hand is not raised, that is a problem. So now you have a problem when it comes to problems with other people. How many of you have have had problems with relationships with other people? Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. And we can tell already, for those of you that didn't even hear my question, that communication is lacking on your part. So that's a problem as well. Okay. No, you're fine. You're fine. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to start this off with a little bit of humor because it's going to get to the point where we're going to sober up a little bit, talk about some very serious things. But there's a skit that I really, really liked by the skit guys. I love the skit guys. And it's super awkward, but it's from the perspective of a youth minister towards someone in their youth ministry. And I will say... When I saw this, I didn't think of anyone in this room, so if you think it's you, it probably is, I just don't know it yet. So you can just watch it and have fun. It's me. Hey guys. Hey. There's a student here to see you. Where is it? Tad is Tad! annoying the life is You know what? Tell him that we are, we're busy. Doing what? we we are praying. You guys are his youth pastors. Technically, I am not. I do junior high. <laughs> Tell him to go away. He's in there crying. Tell him. <laughs> <laughs> Just stop, stop crying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have a spinal tap. I'm out of here. No, no, no. no. I administered him the last three times and it is your turn. You are up. No, you don't get to play that card. I was the one who held his hand when we had to take him to the doctor because he had to get those rabies shots in the stomach because he taunted a rabid pit bull. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen good. You, you know, I spent my whole Christmas vacation with him. Christmas! Christmas! <laughs> <laughs> It was not one day. I spent my whole two-week Christmas vacation with him. So, so part of that time I was over at his house babysitting him and house-sitting him because his parents wanted to go out of town. Yeah. And then after that, after that, on my vacation, I spent a week with him, tutoring him in geography because I am still a minister who has yet to figure out how to say no. <laughs> oh, do not get me the kidneys. I'm going to be paying blood for a week now. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> Well, do what's fair. We will rock, paper, scissors to see Fine. who has to minister to Tad. Fine. <laughs> two out of three. Two out of three. Two out of three. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> do that, by the way. <laughs> talking with you. Hey, (laughs) Todd. What's going on, man? My parents are getting a divorce. I said the exact same thing to my youth leader almost 20 years ago. Yeah. What did your youth leader do about it? So I like that one. I like that one a lot. So we can hit the lights. Or we can just do this in the dark. (laughs) So I wanted to do that one just because a couple reasons. One, it's hilarious, and I just really loved it. Um, But dealing with people, dealing with circumstances, it's just hard. Things are messy. You know, when God commands us to love people, the reason why he commands us to love people is because people are not exactly lovable. We all have things in our own lives that we don't even like about ourselves. We know that other people don't like about us. But that's what I love about God is that no matter who we are or where we came from, that he loves us all the same and he chose to love us. Not because we were pretty, but just because he chose to love us. He chose to have compassion towards us. And so in the same way that God has done that with us, we need to apply that with other people. Because if you can't see people the way that God does, then there's no way you're going to be able to solve any issues or complications Because ministry is about people. And so as you get involved in people's lives, you're going to have problems. You're a sinner. They're sinners. It's only a matter of time before somebody makes a mistake and you get angry at each other. You get frustrated at each other. Something's going to unfold. So we have to to be biblically minded. All right, so let's take a look at this. And we'll mention these four things, work through them a little bit. If you have questions about it, please stop and ask those questions so we can make sure that we get all this stuff nailed down. All right, so outside... Of Jesus Christ, every single person is flawed by their sin, their sin nature, their sinful flesh. So it is inevitable for relationships among each other to be plagued with problems. What truly matters is what we do about it. No normal human likes conflict, but having peace among each other is truly priceless. So let's choose to have a humble heart and learn what we need to do to deal with relationship difficulties the right way. All right, so there's four things that I want to talk about tonight and I think all four of these things are, could be a message within itself, but I just want to introduce you to some of these things. And some of these things you really need to chew on and really evaluate. And so as we go through these four things, I want you to really consider your own self, your own heart, and I want you to say, do I do this when it comes to people in my life, when it comes to hard things, when it comes to even your parents or, or friendships or, or, or whatever, whatever. I mean, think of the most difficult relationship you have right now with somebody. Whatever it is, do you have this perspective towards that person and towards yourself. And there are definitely some things that we need to do to realign ourselves with the Word of God. All right, so first of all, first of all, we need to be reminded of this bad boy because this is the thing that we keep talking about every single week in order to have these, these issues, these difficulties resolved among each other. You have to have a right perspective with God first. If your relationship with God is not right and there are some issues between you and God— How do you think that you're going to be able to resolve issues with other people if you can't resolve issues with God, who is all-knowing and is super merciful, if we're willing to just be humble and truthful with him? Because if you can't be honest with God, there's no way you're going to be able to be honest with other people. And if you're not going to be honest with other people, you can't be honest with God. So that's just a principle I've learned along the way. All right, so number one, first of all, be a watchman with grace, truth, and love. Now, what does it mean to be a watchman? For those of you that have heard different passages in the Bible, what does it mean to be a watchman? The word watchman in the Bible. You watch. Okay. Sure. Leah? You protect. Okay. How? You look out
1: for the enemy. Okay. You going to add?
0: They they were, like, looking for walls or something. something They were up on the wall. Yeah. I was going to say, like, circumspect, just always, like, looking... Yeah. Yeah. A watchman watches, but they watch for a reason. And they're usually up on a wall or a high position in order to see and look out for the enemy. Why? Go ahead, Timmy. So they can see him far away. Okay, so they can see him far away. To warn the other people that the enemy's coming? Yes, exactly. So look at this picture for a second. I just found this online and I really liked it. So you have this dude who's all serious and whatnot. He's ready to fight. He's got his armor on. He's in the middle of the night, he's been up all night, and he's looking out onto this territory because the people behind him, he's responsible to protect. And so if he's up on the wall and he sees something bad coming his way and he fails to warn the people behind him, then he's the one that's at fault because that's his job. And so this is what God has called us to be devotionally. If you look like Ezekiel 33, Ezekiel chapter three, different places like that, he's called you and I to be this. So in order to be a watchman, number one, you have to take your job very, very seriously. Number two, you have to know what to look for, right? Because you can't be a watchman if you don't know what to look for, which means you know how to walk with God yourself. And as you're trying to look out for other people and even this youth ministry, that if you foresee something coming into this youth ministry or into one of your friends' lives that is going to violate their relationship with God and make them go down a corrupt path, you're able to see that, to recognize it, and to be able to do something about it. And generally speaking, the best watchmen are the ones who have fallen themselves. What do I mean by that? Yeah. Good. You want to add? Go ahead, Noah. Well, if it's like relating to a sin issue, you may have stumbled over that. So then if you've overcome it and stuff, you recognize the warning signs that are leading up to it. So you can help other people be like, you're going down this path. I went there. This happened. Don't. Yep, absolutely. And part of my role is to be a watchman for you guys in the group. If I see anything coming into your life, it's part of my responsibility to talk to you about it and to let you know what it is. But I'm telling you that this sort of thing should be happening amongst each other. But there's a reason why I put in there, be a watchman with three things. What is it? Grace, truth, and love. These three, three things have to exist. Grace. All of us make mistakes, don't we? Every single one of us. There's not a single person in this room that is perfect. And so if you want people to be gracious towards you, you have to be gracious towards them. You have to. People are going to hurt you. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to hurt your feelings. It happens. It doesn't mean it's right. But you have to have grace towards those people. And just think about it from this perspective. Put yourself in their shoes. Do you know what's going on? Like if somebody has a bad attitude towards you or they say some cutting words towards you, do you actually know what's going on in their life? I mean, could it actually be a circumstance that is outside of church, outside or maybe inside the home or something else that's going on that when they came here, they they had some sort of a bad attitude? And because of that bad attitude, they might be having a bad attitude towards other people. I mean, these things happen. But a lot of us, whenever somebody hurts us, we automatically take it super personal and we take offense to it rather than saying, you know what, I don't know what's going on with them, but now I'm concerned for them. You're a watchman. And then you can talk with that person and say, hey, you know, what's going on? Are you okay? Is there anything that I can be praying about? Are you struggling with something? I've just noticed that you've been a little bit off. And so rather than take it personal, you could turn it around and actually use it as an opportunity to be a minister to them. So think about that. Or maybe this might even happen at home you know with your parents like maybe something happens where your mom or your dad just gets really sharp with you about something and it's really not that big of a deal maybe there's something else that's going on that you don't know about and maybe you even though you're the child could turn around and say hey is everything okay i've just noticed lately you've been a little you know short and it's just you know can i can i be praying for you like have you ever thought about that asking your parents what you can be praying for them about so just think a little bit. Be a watchman. But do it with grace, truth, and love. I have a passage in here in Ephesians 4 that we don't have time to go into. But I, that passage talks about being the body of Christ. Now think about your own body, for example. Your own body. Is there ever like a moment where all of a sudden, like your right hand all of a sudden goes to town and starts just beating the snot out of your left leg? <laughs> Same. <laughs> Anybody? Like... Your hand just all of a sudden you start, start punching things. You start, no. Why? If that were to happen, we'd probably take you down to the hospital and they'd have to do a cat scan and see what's going on with your brain. because there's something not right? Okay. So just think about this for a second. Your body is in the business of preserving and protecting itself. That's what your body is built to do. If you are saved, you are in the body of Christ. And so you ought to be looking out for one another and not hurting one another. It is never okay for one person in the body of Christ to be intentionally, maliciously hurting another person in the body of Christ. That's why God says very specifically, very specifically, on his hate list out of the book of Proverbs, that he hates. There are certain things that he absolutely hates. But one of the big things that he hates is when Christians start to divide other Christians from each other. He hates that discord among the brethren. He despises that. It's his family. I don't want there to be discord in my family. When I see Lily and Lucas fighting, I'm going to do whatever I can to get them to reconcile because they're brother and sister. And I know that brothers and sisters and siblings, I know they fight. But that's, this is my family. If I let that go on, then I don't love my family. Well, God loves his family. And so you better make sure that you're doing your part to protect and to love and to nurture the body of Christ. So be a watchman with grace, truth, and love. All right, secondly, take personal responsibility for your faults and weaknesses. Take personal responsibility for your faults and weaknesses. You've got to be able to do it. There's a lot of people that are very, very quick to point out the issues in other people, but they themselves have major issues in their own life. And once again, I know that we're not all perfect, and you might say, well, what does he have, that have the right to judge me because he's got this in his life? Okay, hold on, hold on a second. Is anything that they're saying actually true? I mean, that's a great place to start. If someone approaches you and they're concerned about something in your own life, spiritually, something going on, that your decisions that you're making, is there any element to what they're saying that is actually true? Even if it's like 1%, is there anything? You need to think about that. A lot of us are very quick to do what? Point, blame. Point the blame. To defer the blame. Well, no, it's that. It's, it's, no, it's. No, that's not an issue or just try to excuse it away rather than just accept personal responsibility and say, you know what? You're actually right. I should have handled that way differently. There is some truth to that. Now, this other part. Now, this isn't right over here. But what you said over here, like that is actually really, really true. And I do need to accept responsibility for that. Let's look at a couple of passages on this one. Go to Romans 3.23. Actually, Romans 3.23. We know that one. Anyone want to quote that one? Go to James 5.16. Romans 3.23. For all... Yes, I just wanted to that. Yes, for all of sin comes short of the glory of God. Go to James chapter five. I wanted to put that Romans three twenty three in there because it is true. We all sin, and so we need to take personal responsibility. When you mess up, take responsibility for it and make things right. And that's going to get into our next one. So I don't want to go too far. James five sixteen. All right, James 5.16. Somebody read that one. James 5.16. Timmy, go ahead. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. <laughs> the effectual for fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. If you are a person that you are very quick to confess your faults one to another. Now, it's not talking about confessing your sins. You don't have to give a full list of all your sins. That's not what it's talking about. It's kind of weird. And gets into a little bit of a Roman Catholic doctrine there that's not true. Confess your faults. I mean, I make mistakes on a daily basis. And if I were to do anything to mess up or if anything were to, to happen where I just fall short in something, I've got to own that. And I'm telling you, it says a lot about your character. If when you fall short, you're very quick to say, you know what? I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done that. You know, I was just having a bad day and I took it out on you or... You know, I just made the wrong choice or, I mean, there are things in my life that that I have made mistakes in that when I recognize them, even though they might be small, I'm like, I got to get this taken care of. And generally what I try to do is I go back to that person and say, you know what, I said this and I shouldn't have said it, or I made this decision and it wasn't right, and just be honest about it. Why are people so afraid to be honest? Like, at times in your life, why, why are you afraid to be honest with people? Especially when it comes to your weaknesses, your mistakes, and your faults. Let's just get real. Timmy, go ahead. You can kick it off. Okay. Yep. You don't like to be seen that way, Jack? Embarrassment. Yes, embarrassment. Yep. Yeah. You know Vulnerability. Vulnerability. Being vulnerable. Sam? Pride. Pride. And see, here's the thing. I want you to think about this for a second. If you are afraid to let yourself be known for who you really are, that is definitely a pride issue, number one. And it's going to become even worse because you're not willing to let yourself be known for who you really are. You know what the Bible says in the book of Proverbs? I forget the reference right now. Maybe someone can look it up and they can let me know. Whoso covereth his sin shall not prosper, but whosoever forsaketh, confesseth, and forsaketh it shall shall find mercy. Rough paraphrase. But if you cover your sins, you're not going to prosper. But if you're willing to be open and honest about it and then to forsake it, you'll be able to find mercy. And I'm telling you, this is a bridge that's hard to cross, especially when you have a pattern in your life where you're not, you're not really willing to take personal responsibility. It's very quick to say, well, I'm this way because of, well, this happened because of, well, this is, okay, no, no, no. Did you make a mistake? Yes. Okay. We just have a hard time saying that. Yes. Yes. It's my, it's my fault. It's my fault. But I'm telling you, if you get into the pattern of doing that, oh my word, you will have such a peaceful life as a result because you're not going to have internal conflict going on because you're willing to deal with things and just be honest. And then when that happens, that's when you can actually grow. Your growth cannot happen until you let yourself be known for who you actually are. And especially with the Lord. Especially. So, maybe in some of your guys' life, your growth has been stunted because you've not been able to be willing and to be honest about who you really are. Maybe you're just afraid to admit who you really are. And I get that. There are times in my life where I think of what I've done. And when I talk to God, and, and there are a lot of times that I have to pray out loud to God when it comes to this kind of stuff. And I talk to Him about my faults and my mistakes. That until I actually articulate it and I say it to God and I feel the full weight of that, I can't actually move on. And so this is something important that you guys really need to get. Take personal responsibility. Another really good verse with this one. Yeah. Proverbs 28:13. Proverbs 28:13. Yes, that's a good one. I love that one. And then once you write that down, go to Acts 19. Acts 19. This is probably the best verse that encapsulates this point for me anyway. Acts 19. Proverbs 28, 13. Yeah. The verse where it talks about whosoever covers the sin shall not prosper is Proverbs 28, 13. Everyone is now turning in their Bibles to Acts chapter 19 where we are going to talk about a verse that encapsulates Jack. He just sneezed all over Leah. That was bad, dude. All right. Acts 19 Sorry for those of you on the podcast. I'm all over the place. it is Jack's fault, I'm not going to take responsibility for that one. Okay. Acts 19. Acts 19. All right, Acts 19. Take a look at verse um, verse 18. Okay, so uh, God was definitely moving in the city and there are many people that wanted to be made right with God and so this is what they did. Acts 19:18. And many of the believed came and here's what they did and confessed and showed their deeds. And many of them also, which used curious arts, brought their books together and burned them before all men. And they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Now, this is something very important that when you are going to be made right with God and you want to be made right with God, not just with salvation, but also with other stuff in your life, to confess it and to show your deeds. You know what? I'm an idiot. I made a mistake. This is what happened. And instead of doing this, I should have done that. And it is my fault. Like, when was the last time you did something like that? Rather than trying to defer blame and get somebody else in trouble so that way you can skate off. Because here's the reality. God sees everything. There's not one thing that you can hide from the eyes of God. The Bible is very clear about that. It even talks about how death and hell are naked and open before the Lord. How much more the hearts of the children of men? That's another one you can look up later. I don't know the reference to that one either. <laughs> Sorry. It's either in Psalms what, or Proverbs. It? I'm words in. How much more the I hearts of the way. children of men. You can look up that phrase. Okay. But God sees everything. He sees everything. And, and think about this for a second. I was listening to a message this past week, and it made me think about this, that during the tribulation period, God uh, has these vials and these bowls of his wrath that's going to be poured out upon the whole earth. What fills those bowls? ever thought about that i mean our sins are taken care of but think about all the sin that has happened throughout human history and how people thought that they got away with it and god's like nope it's just another drop in my bowl it's another drop in my vial that eventually is going to be poured out on the whole earth like nothing's going to go unaccounted for all the sins of mankind everything that anyone has ever done it will be repaid in full now with us that are in Christ. Our sins are forgiven, and we're not going to have to answer for those any longer because he died for those things. However, there are consequences in this life for our decisions that we make. There's mistakes that I've made in this life that I know, and I hate to even think about this, that I know that are going to carry on into the lives of my children. And in some way, shape, or form, they're going to have to pay for my shortcomings. I don't like that. So as much as possible, I'm going to be honest with God. And as much as possible, I'm going to be honest with my kids. So that way I can talk to them about that. So that way they don't have to make the same mistakes that I've made. They don't have to follow my same pattern. They can follow the good things, and they can learn from my bad stuff. We've got to be able to do that with each other, too. I mean, we're all in this together. As we help each other and talk about our shortcomings, you would be amazed at how much it helps each other. I mean, just go back to some of those camp cabin devotions that we've had, and where you guys just open up about your struggles and your shortcomings and your faults, and then the result's like, huh, I'm not the only one. Yeah that's that's the point that's the point take responsibility when you take responsibility for your own faults and weaknesses i mean it just helps everybody all right point number three this one's a big one do everything do everything possible to be at peace with all men do everything everything within your power Uh, go to romans 12 romans 12 verse 18 romans 12 do everything within your power now The thing about this one is that there's a lot of people that say, well, I tried to make it right with this person, but, you know, it just won't happen. They won't even hear me. Okay. All right. But have you done everything in your power? Like everything. Have you turned over every single rock? Have you really made it right? Have you really tried to make it right with this person or whatever? And if you have done everything in your power, well, then you can have a clear conscience about it and you can be at peace about it. While we're looking up this one, someone look up Acts twenty four sixteen. 16. Uh, no, go ahead and take that one. Acts twenty four All right, Romans 12, 18. Someone read that one. Twelve eighteen. Sam. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Okay. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Now, is that going to be like a reality? Are you able to live peaceably with all men? No. We're not going to be able to live peaceably with all men because we are... Sinners. We're sinners. We're terrible sinners. Okay. Now, but it says, as much as lieth in you, if it's possible, be at peace with all men. Do everything in your power that even if they were to come back to you and say, yeah, will you, that it would never stick because you did everything in your power to make it right with them. I mean, going above and beyond to try to make sure that anything that you had done to offend this person is completely taken care of. And then at the end of the day, if they choose not to forgive you, that's their choice, and it's in their court. And there's nothing you can do about that because you can't control the choices of another human being. You can't. All you can control are your own choices. You can only control your own choices, your own thoughts, your own feelings. You cannot control anybody else. So that's why the Bible says, if it be possible, as much as life in you, live peaceably with all men. All right, go and read Acts 24. Read that one. Listen to this verse. It's a very good one. And herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense toward God and toward men. Okay, herein do I, what's the word? Exercise. exercise. Okay, exercise. So this is not something that's natural. This is something you have to work into your life. And what does it say to exercise what? myself. To? To have a good, to have a good conscience. Born toward? God. Okay, all right. So you're supposed to exercise yourself to have a good conscience toward God, first of all, and toward men. So our natural instinct is just to defend ourselves, to defend our position, to defend our decisions toward God and towards other people. And that's not what the Bible says. You need to be exercised, exercising yourself to have a conscience void of offense toward God and toward men, which means that you are 100% honest with yourself and who you are with God and with other people. If you're willing to do that, I'm telling you, your life is going to be, I mean... (laughs) just shy of heaven on earth because you're not, you're not going to have any internal conflict. I've already mentioned that two points ago. You're not going to have any inner turmoil because you're finally honest with who you are, no matter how ugly it might be. You're honest with yourself, you're honest with God, and you're honest with other people. And here's the thing that really helps me because when I look at my life, I can make a list and I'm pretty hideous when it comes to the things that I have done against God to blaspheme him, that I've done to sin against him, the things that I've done towards some other people. And, and even in my thoughts and in my heart, like I'm not someone who God would look at me and say, hmm, Stephen's pretty attractive. I want him in my family. Like, no. <laughs> I mean, I am, a, I am a wicked sinner in the sight of God, and I do not deserve to be in God's family. I don't. But here's the thing. When I'm honest with who I am, you know what it really does inside of me? It makes me appreciate the love of God even more. Because God already knew that about me, and yet he loved me the same. I mean, he loves me the same. Like he already knew about all of this stuff and even more that I don't even know about inside of me. And yet he still died for me and he still loved me. That is incredible. And there is a sense of peace and security in just that alone that will get me through anything. So this is extremely valuable, extremely valuable in your guys' lives. Do everything possible to be at peace. You're not going to be able to with everybody. But you should be doing everything in your power to be at peace and to be blameless. All right. And then lastly, lastly, we've got to look at this one and then we'll close things out. Live among all people from the perspective of eternity. You should be doing this. Live among all people from the perspective of eternity. Go to Matthew 25. Matthew 25. Matthew 25. Matthew 25. Oh, that's the wrong verse. That's not it. Yeah. Not a My bad, guys. I didn't even know what reference that was. Is it 24? Let me see. Probably not. Yes, it is. It is 24. So, nix the 25 and make it 24. Okay. So, look at this one, all right? So, It says in verse 46, Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Now, he gives another example. Verily I say unto you that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. But, and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, because this is is how I see most Christians today. A lot of Christians have this in their heart. My Lord delayeth his coming. I mean, imagine if you thought that Christ was going to come back like tonight. Would you want to make things right with God and with other people? I would hope so. So this is 24 verse 48. But and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, my Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to smite his fellow servants, and to eat, and to drink with the drunken, the Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looketh not for him, and in an hour that he is not aware of, and shall cut him asunder, and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites." And there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, this guy said, "Ah, you know what? I've got time. I've got time. I got time to walk with God. I got time to make things right with God. I got time to make things right with other people. I got time. I can just, I can just push it off. I can push it off. No big deal. I'm just gonna enjoy my moment now, and I'll push off making it right with other people. I mean, I've got my whole life ahead of me. I can start walking with God after I graduate college. That way, I can experience the college life, and I can just do whatever I want. And blah 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 blah. blah. All right? How do you know?" How do you know that today and tomorrow and the week and the years after are going to be yours to live? You don't know. All you know is you have this moment now. Christ could come back. Your life could be snuffed out on the way home during a car accident. I mean, what kind of things would be unresolved? And would you be okay with that? This is what it means to live with a conscience void of offense towards God and towards men. That today has been the best day of my life because I have walked with God to the best of my ability and I have made things right with him and I have made things right with the people around me. And then live every day like that because you have no idea when your last day is going to be. And I know that when Christ comes back, I don't want him to come back and find me in a mess. I want him to come back and to find that I've taken responsibility, that I've taken his mission seriously, that I've worked hard for him rather than for myself, to prove that I loved him, to give him something back for all the things that he's done for me. See, our mindset is just completely warped. We live in this day and age that's all about self and self-fulfillment and self-pity even, that holds us back from worshiping and honoring God with everything that we have. And it really begins with being honest. And you have to love people and live among people from the perspective of eternity because one day this earth is going to burn. Like everything that we've known, all our moments and everything, it's going to be gone and it's going to be over and we're going to be with the Lord. And we need to live with that day in view. Like even issues among Christians. And this is hard for me to think about because I've got some issues in my past with other Christians and other churches because I've been hurt by stuff in, in the past. And I tell you one thing that really sits deep in my heart and in my mind is that can I, can I understand that that is still my brother and my sister in Christ, and one day when I get to heaven, if they are truly saved, I'm going to be with them in heaven. Like, I'm going to be with them for all eternity. And so is it really worth hanging on to some of these emotions and some of these things that make me angry at the decisions that they've made in this life? Is it really worth it? And if it is, well, then I need to go to them and make it right, and I need to talk to them about it because it's an issue that needs to be dealt with. So I hope you guys really take these things to heart because the reality is, is, you know, you guys are all over the board with relationships and stuff, but out of all the stuff we talked about, what do you need to do to make things right? Whether it's with God, with your parents, with your friends, with somebody in here, I don't know. What are some of the things you need to do to make things right? Because you never know what a day's going to bring. And so conflicts can be true conflicts. And there are things that we do have to deal with, and we gotta be truthful and gracious and love people, and we gotta do those things. And we gotta confront people. But at the same time, just remember this stuff, and it will help you tremendously with so many issues you guys come in contact with. So chew on some of this stuff, because this is gold. <laughs> this is stuff that I wish I would have understood at a younger age, and, um, and I hope you guys can benefit from it. All right, any questions? All right, any comments? all right okay well let's go ahead and pray god thank you for this time together i pray god we'd heed your words and that we would obey um a lot of times we think our life is all about us when really it's it's about you and the things you want to accomplish so help us to remember that so we love you god and i pray that we would show you how much we love you by uh, the life that we live and the things that we think and the things that we do Thank you for loving us the way you do and knowing us full well and yet loving us the same. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.